Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, hello everybody. Hope you're all doing well. It's Saturday afternoon on the 25th of April and today we are going to be doing a session where the running is going to be easy and we're going to be focusing on mindfulness and we're going to be talking a little bit about courage as well. So a little bit different today, a little bit of a build on the mindfulness session that we've done before. Going to have some co- uh, components of it are going to be common to what we talked about before. We're going to add in a couple of extra things around the issue or the subject of courage. Just going to get going. So we're going to keep it all easy. Nice and relaxed. Not going silly on the pacing at all today. Okay, so now mindfulness, I think I said, I said before, the mindfulness is, uh, has its roots in meditation and in, it's really about connecting your uh, body and your brain together and switching off from the noise of the outside world. It's about making sure you're not spending too much time looking back at the past and potentially what you may have lost something that's pertinent to a lot of us at the moment and it's also about making sure you're not spending too much time looking forward and getting anxious about what's to come especially in today's environment where we just don't know what's going to come. We just don't know what's in store in the next few weeks, months and even years. But we know it's going to be different. So mindfulness is about focusing on how you're feeling and what's going on for you right now in the moment and in running it's interesting so there's a couple of applications for mindfulness in running and staying in the moment one is in our harder sessions and our racing and I often encourage people to do in particular in the middle of a session or the middle of a race is to really think about focusing on what's going on right now. So forget the section that you, the section of the run that you've been through. Let's say, let's break things into thirds. So let's say you're in the middle third of a race or a set of reps or a tempo run. And in that third, it's really critical that we don't spend too much time thinking about what's happened already 
or how far we've come. And it's also critical we don't spend too much time thinking ahead and worrying about what's to come. Stay focused on what we're doing right now. Holding your pace, holding your effort levels at that moment. So that's one application of mindfulness, which I'll save more of for a harder session than today. The other application is really using mindfulness approaches to connect ourselves, to connect our body to our brain and the environment in which we're running to switch off from the world. And running has many therapeutic benefits anyway, so this is just building on that. But I think it's useful right now because I think it's easy for us to go for a run, particularly an easy run, and to be trying to understand what the point of it is. It can be quite stressful if you're living in a busy area where we're trying to avoid as many people as we can. It's getting harder and harder as the weather's getting better and better. And lockdown's getting less and less well adhered to. Even though actually people are much better at social distancing. There's more people out and about. So it can get quite hard. And so this is really designed to give us something else to think about while we're running. And to switch off from the noise of the world. And then that's the mindfulness part of today. What I'm also going to talk about is how we apply and consider how to use courage as we go through what we're going through. And courage is a really interesting word that gets used a lot in lots of different contexts. And at the moment I think we're in a we're in a situation where oh my goodness, there's people everywhere. Stop for a sec. Walking down running down a side street and hacking and there's people sitting out on their doorsteps. And of course then that means the people walking down the pavements are now walking in the road because they can't get down the pavements without being two metres from somebody. And now we're through that now. That's all good. So, courage, back to courage. And you know, at the moment we're living in a place where we're pretty much out of our comfort zones most of the time. And we find our way back into them every now and then. Whether it's by exercising or watching some TV, having a drink, whatever it might be that we do to try and put ourselves back in our comfort zones. But generally speaking, we're all out of them. We're all facing uncertain economic futures. Obviously, there's uncertain health health, uh, parameters to think about as well. Social distancing 
Obviously, you might be getting used to it. It's still weird. I don't know about you, but every time I have to swerve miles away from somebody else, my heart sinks a little. So, a reminder of what we're all going through, even though when you're running, you're trying to forget it. Every time you have to move out someone's way, you're reminded of it. But, yeah, we're outside of our comfort zone, and being outside of your comfort zone is tough. It's tiring because we're constantly having to wrestle with emotions that are conflicting and competing potentially with one another and certainly with emotions we may have felt in the not too distant past. So it's tiring and it's hard work. And that's true of any context. So when we're outside of our comfort zone in running, when we're racing, or we're trying to push ourselves to new levels, try and do things we've never done before, either in distance or in speed, we find ourselves getting tired, mentally and physically. And that's what we're facing right now. And one of the techniques I use when I'm coaching people through that is to think about courage. I apply this in any context, so in the context of running, but also in the context of life and business and careers. And just to think about courage a little bit, it's always worth starting with where the word originated from. And as so many of our words, we inherited it from the Romans, because the Latin word for heart is core and heart is what sits at the centre of our ability to be brave to be courageous and the reason it's all about our heart is because when we're trying to do something outside our comfort zone or when we're forced to do something outside our comfort zone, our brains are wired to protect us. They're wired, let's say in the context of running, they're wired to slow us down. They're wired to tell us to stop if the brain thinks we've gone too far or we're going to go too far. And that's our rational sides. Our rational sides are there and our brain is there to protect us from danger. Oops. And I've said this before, but this is an evolutionary development in that our brain is designed to protect us either from extreme fatigue so we can't outrun. Uh, extreme fatigue that leads us to not being able to outrun something that might be dangerous to us back in the olden days and it's also uh, so that we can continue to chase things to feed ourselves 
helicopter helps protect us. But we don't really have those concerns now. And sometimes people ask me or we'll talk about, you know, what is it that sets elite athletes apart? And some, well, you know, there's loads of things. Physiology and genetics is obviously a big one. But there are some athletes who are very, very good at switching off the rational part of their brain that's telling them to stop and they push through and keep going and sometimes until their body breaks. And a good example of that is Johnny Brownlee, which we've seen clips off a couple of years ago now where he collapsed at the end of a triathlon that he was about to win because he was pushing himself so hard. And Callum Hawkins, similarly at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast two years ago. And what, uh, and what, when we think about courage, and things I'd like to really think about is, you know, what's driving you forward when things are getting tough is your emotions, it's your feelings. And that's why courage comes from the heart. And really there's a couple of simple things that we can think about to apply that. And we're going to do that later in the session. And, we're going to, and you can apply it in the context of anything. It doesn't have to be about running at all. In fact, right now, it may well not be. Because I think we all need a bit of courage to see ourselves through these tricky times. Okay. So that'll make a bit more sense a bit later. But what we're going to do today, starting in a few minutes, is I've made it to Hackney Marshes, lovely green open space, there's the crow, one of the thousands. And we're just going to do some easy running. And every five minutes, going to give us something to think about, both in terms of our body and its connection with our brain and the way that we're running, but also we're going to talk a little bit about courage. Okay, keeping it easy. All good for an easy run. And first five minutes is starting now and in the first five minutes as you're running just want you to think about your feet often our feet get neglected obviously we use them all the time in running but we tend to think of our muscles more than our our leg muscles more than our feet as we're running. So we don't think of how my quads are getting tired and my hamstrings are tight and my glutes aren't working. My hips are pulling a little bit. But this time, just want to think about feet for five minutes. And as you're doing it, I'm not asking you to change anything. All we're going to do is just think about what our feet are doing. 
as we jog along easy. So, things like, are your, are you doing it equally balanced from right to left foot? Do you have the same amount of power on both feet? Where do you think your feet are landing? Do you think they're landing underneath your centre of mass? Or are they landing in front of you, reaching out? Are you landing on your heels? Or are you landing on your toes or your forefoot? There's no right or wrong answers to any of these questions, necessarily. The one thing about our feet that we can all agree is landing underneath your centre of mass is more efficient and places less strain on your kinetic chain from your ankle through to your hip by your knees, just keeps things much more in balance, you're able to push off harder if you're not reaching out for the ground in front of you, having to almost climb over your feet as you do it. So just think about your feet. Also think, where is your weight distribution on your feet? Is it on the inside, towards your big toes, or on your outside, towards your, your pinkies. And how well are you using your big toe and your second toe? That's the two power forces of your feet. You get a lot of your drive from. And so those are funny things we can obviously take them for granted. But anyone who's broken a toe will know how uncomfortable that is and how hard it is for that to fix, given that we rarely would stop walking in that context. And then that leads to issues later on. Perhaps you lose a little bit of flexibility in your toes, which causes your calves to do a little bit more work, which might cause a glute issue. So it's worth thinking about our feet. Okay, give me one more minute just to think about the feet, where the weight is, how are they landing, where are they landing, how do they feel?
Okay, so for our second five minutes, we're going to think about our hips and where they are in relation to the rest of our body as we're moving along. And the key questions here to think about is are the hips nice and tall? Almost pushing forwards, almost leading the way, or are they sagging back? Does it feel like you're carrying some weight behind you? Are you being dragged back, or are your hips forwards and high? And for many of us who sit down a lot, and lots of us are sitting down a lot at the moment, we can get affected by sinking hips. That can work in lots of different ways. They can go your hips sinking backwards behind you, so you're kind of running in a seated position. Or one hip can drop to the side more than the other, which forces your knees to do funny things as they drive through not enabling you to drive them through straight and efficiently. So what we're going to think about now is keeping our hips really tall, almost pushing them forwards. As we're running and keeping them nice and high. And as we're doing that, just give some thought to what happens to your feet. So as you're pushing your hips up and staying tall, how are your feet reacting? The saggier you are, the more seated you run, the more likely it is that you're going to be spending a lot of time with your feet on the ground. Which reduces your efficiency. So if you can get yourself your hips up, it raises your feet and you end up running more on your forefeet and more efficiently. As a result, because you're not wasting loads of your energy with your feet on the ground. up and one of the things that can really help with this is hill reps so keeping your hips high doing a hill rep if you can imagine you're running up a hill you're always having to place your foot a little bit higher than the foot you're standing on and that requires your knees to come through nice and high and your knees can only come through if your hips are high. If you're running in a seated position up a hill, then your knees are struggling to come through. So keep them up high. Okay. So think about that for another minute or so. Think about your hip position, get them high and forwards, and think about what that's doing to your feet.
Okay. Still keeping it easy. All the running is easy. And now we're going to focus on our head for the next five minutes. So keep thinking, keep your hips up. But let's think about our heads as well. So our heads want to be looking up. The temptation, particularly when I'm running on the uneven ground, is to look down at your feet to make sure they're not landing in something they shouldn't be or landing safely. But the reality is you can look further ahead and still be able to plot your way safely through whatever terrain it is you're running on. If you're running on roads or flat surfaces like tracks, there's no reason at all to be looking at your feet. We should be looking up. And we want to be looking up 30 metres, 50, maybe even 100 metres ahead. If we can be confident about the surface. And what this does is a couple of things. It opens up our airways. So if we're running with our chin down towards our chest, looking down towards the ground, we're blocking, restricting the esophagus, so get your head up and open up your airways. And it also helps you with staying tall. Obviously your head and your hips are connected by your spine. So the taller you are in your head, the further ahead you're looking, the better chance you've got keeping your hips up as well. So let's just keep looking forwards, keep our heads up. Fifty, hundred meters, keeps your hips high. Hopefully, he's doing good for your feet as well, keeping them away from spending their time on the ground. If we're looking up. Your head's up, 
Can you notice any difference in your breathing? Does it become a little easier? And what can we see ahead? How far ahead can we see without worrying too much about what our feet are doing? And one of the key things to knowing or to running with your head up is your inability to see your feet. So in an ideal world, if you're running with your head up, you won't be able to see your feet landing. And they're landing nicely under your centre of mass because your hips are high. And they're minimising the contact time with the ground. So you're not reaching out in front of you, nor are you sagging at the hips. Okay, so let's move nicely into the next five minutes. And in the next five minutes, we're going to think about the environment that we're in and what's going on around us, what we can see. And we're going to look for some different things. Um, as I said earlier, I'm running around Hackney Marshes. massive expanse of green east of London and if you're running with your head up you should be looking and seeing what you can see around you and this is about connecting yourself to where you are right now and what's going on right now so I'm seeing lots of people it's a gloriously sunny day it's the weekend the spring, the air is clear, both visually but also you can feel the air clearing as you're breathing. So I can see people everywhere, sitting on the grass, having ridden bikes to get here, there's people enjoying the sun and I'm just heading towards the Olympic Park at the moment. I'm heading uh, east, southeast maybe, across the marshes, maybe south actually, towards the Olympic Park. You can see a couple of the high-rise buildings that sit around about Westfield. As I turn to my left, I'm running around in an anti-clockwise direction, head towards a big line of trees. see the green of the trees has come through the process of lockdown when we started this. There were no leaves on those trees, a few early ones maybe, but now we've got lots of different shades of green. So keep looking around, what can you see?
find something new you've not noticed before where you're living or where you're running, sorry. different at the moment is the grass is starting to show signs of dryness. No rain in April to speak of. And the ground's pretty firm too. direction heading sort of north I guess against the wind the wind sorry the wind behind me it's pretty warm and pretty quiet as well you can just start here the A12 in the distance and a few people good. No two runs are ever the same. You can take in two different, so you can take the same route in day in, day out, and it will never be the same run. There will always be something else to look at, something else to see, because everything is so dynamic. Everything changes. Okay, so we're going into the next five minutes. I'm going to start thinking about courage a little bit now. So we're going to start thinking about how to access, if you will, the courage that sits inside your heart. And you can apply this in any context you want. But one of the fundamental things that unlocks our ability to push on through when things get tough which is essentially what courage is, it's effectively being strong in the face of difficulty. Although strong is perhaps not the right word. But the access point to that is, as I said earlier, to your emotions. And the thing to really consider, just think about now is, now, if you're setting yourself a goal, and it's an ambitious goal, as all good goals should be, it's likely that you'll have some doubts along the way. And this is when you need courage and belief that you can push on through, because it is all about you. Nobody's going to help you overcome 
challenges that you face in yourself. And the question we ask here is a really simple one. It's why is your goal important to you? So if it's running a sub three hour marathon, for example, or if it's about achieving a promotion at work, or if it's about changing your career, which I know a lot of people are considering right now, why is any of that important to you at a deep underlying emotional level? Now, if you keep asking yourself why, you know, act like a five-year-old. You know, why, why, why? Eventually, you'll get to the the real truth. So, think about a goal, something you want to achieve in your running or your life that is slightly scary, and then let's start thinking about the why. And a typical answer you might immediately get for the career improvement is, well, I want to get paid more money. Yeah, okay, that's good. All good. We all want to get paid more money. But why? What is it that we want that money to do? And then why is that important? So it might be that we want to get a promotion because we want to get paid more money because we want to provide for our family or we might want to show that our parents that we're a success and they brought us up well or we might want to show some doubters and there's loads of doubters in this world you might want to show them that you're actually capable of doing stuff and of being successful and there could be loads of reasons. And then once you're into that, why is any of that important? And it's when you get to the really tough challenges. On your route to achieving your goals. It's then that you have to search deep for your why to keep going. And the best example in the context of running that I can think of is in a marathon. You know, marathon training itself gets tough, but obviously the race is really hard. In the last few miles, our brain is telling us to stop. It's shutting us down. It's telling us we don't need to do this. We're never going to do it again. It doesn't matter if you run three hours and one minute and it's then that you need to remember why you're doing this in the first place so that you don't allow your brain to hold you back because it will try and it will try when we're trying to push on in our careers as well it will say those people over there think you're an idiot those people think you've got no idea those people think you're not capable and it impacts upon your self-worth and your ability to deliver. So then you need to be brave by understanding why the goal is important to you in the first place.
So for the last five minutes of this session, we're going to talk about how you can build on your why with reasons to believe. And this is also designed to put your brain back in its box. So as I said, your brain will tell you that you're not capable, that you don't deserve something, you're not worthy of something. Whatever it is, everybody has doubts at some level or another. So once you've got clarity on your why, the next place to go is your reasons to believe. And right now we're facing some really challenging times. We're all in it together. But we are alone. Because everybody's got a challenge and everyone's challenge is slightly different from yours. There's no real commonality. And that's one of the interesting things about belief and self-belief is it is entirely down to you. You can obviously take encouragement from feedback that people give you obviously the positive feedback but really that's still not going to provide you with the ultimate level of satisfaction which is when which only really comes when you believe yourself and then again in the context of running when we're training for a marathon, I like to ask people I coach to look back across the course of their training and find two or three reasons to believe that they're going to run a good race on race day. So look for those training sessions where they nailed it, or a race where they ran really strong, finished well, hit a good marker as a time. And just think about those things as opposed to thinking about the doubts. And the same can be true in the situation we're in now. Now, It's easy to say, as many people do, it's all going to be alright. Might take a bit of time, but we'll be okay. It might even be better. And that may well be true. But without a practical application to get you there, sometimes that can feel a little empty. And... uh, even a little blasé. So this is about looking back and thinking, what are the times in the past where I've managed my way through a really tough challenge? And there will be some, for sure. I mean, there'll be... And then let's go, failed, failed exams, maybe. Uh, Overlooked promotions at work. Missed race targets. Maybe, maybe not so important. Bereavements. Relationship breakups. Redundancies. Loads of things that many people have experienced and come through. So as we're thinking about you know, how we get through this 
situation. Just have a think about what your reasons to believe that it's going to be okay for you are. How you're going to get through it. Find two or three. And every time a little doubt creeps up, pop your reason to believe back in your head. Just give that some thought for the next minute or so. Okay. Hopefully there's a few things in there. They're going to help you. So hopefully we've been able to disconnect from the world a little bit through the session. And then towards the end, we thought a little bit about how we're going to navigate our way through it. Hopefully that helps. helps me to think of it like that helps me to switch off from the world and focus what's going on inside me what I can control what I can do because ultimately it is all about you okay so I'm at the Hamilton end of Antony Marshes. I'm going to call it a day there. I'm going to slow to walk. Thanks for joining me. I hope it was a useful session. And until the next time, keep being brave, be courageous. Figure out where your emotions are. Take care. See you all. We'll speak to you all soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.